Thank you to Audible for supporting this episode of Rogue and Reasoned. Guys, I have a commitment issue with books. I buy them, I have great intentions of reading them, and yet all I have is a giant stack of unread books. But I found a solution that works really well for me. Audible. If I can't multitask it, I can't do it right now. So Audible allows me to listen to audiobooks while I'm doing another task. Cue laundry, making dinner, or working out. It doesn't stop there, though. They have a wide collection of podcasts, comedy, wellness programs, and more in their app. Discover thousands of titles and get your free 30-day Audible trial by visiting www.audibletrial.com slash roganreasoned. That's www.audibletrial.com slash roganreasoned for your free 30-day Audible trial. Hello and welcome to Rogue and Reasoned. I'm your host, Laura Swan Siegman. Thanks for swinging back around here to chat with me again about all things life, business, and badassery. We went a little business last week with email strategy, and I'm going to stay on the business train again with you for this episode because it's National Small Business Week. So shout out to all my fellow solopreneurs, small business owners, and those hoping to launch a business soon. It can be a lot of fucking work, but I think we can all agree being our own boss is absolutely worth all of it. To celebrate this week, I'm offering a one-week-only small business sale for those of you looking to launch or relaunch your brand or need digital content support in your existing business. I'm giving you up to $500 off services, and this sale is only good through May 7th, 2022. So visit sale or tap the included link in the show notes to learn more and complete my inquiry form. Again, this is only for services booked through May 7th, so reach out right after this episode while it is fresh in your mind. I'd love to discuss working with you. If we haven't worked together before, you'll get a taste of what it's like to be my client in this episode, because today we are talking about key things you should be doing with every client. And when I say should, I'm not ordering you, of course. Some people get sensitive when the word should is dropped. Some things may not apply to you, or you really don't want to include them. You do you. But in my entrepreneurial experience, these client moves are non-negotiables and make interactions and experiences a whole lot better. If you like onboarding clients you don't love, enjoy complicated transactions, and hearing crickets at the end of every project, maybe this episode isn't for you. Otherwise, listen up, because these nine things can help you as soon as you begin implementing them. discuss these client moves in the order in which I personally apply them. There may be one or two you can flip around, but there are other instances where you can't put the cart before the horse and have to do things in a specific order. The one thing I think you have to start with when working with clients is screening. You need to be screening your clients. Maybe it's the former cop in me, but there are details you need to dig into about everyone before you give them access not only to you, but your business and energy. And this could mean a background check, sure, but I'm talking about other ways also, like something as simple as a client inquiry form. Take my small business sale, for example. When you jump over to my website landing page for the sale, 
you'll see a place to get in touch. But I don't just want your name and email. I want to know if you currently have a business or are launching a new one, what it does or would offer, which sale features you're interested in. I need to know what I'm working with, a newbie wanting to start up a brand or an existing business owner reaching out for marketing, a yoga studio or a car dealership. Why? Because A, it cuts the bullshit. Instead of us emailing back and forth five times to get this squared away, why don't I just ask you up front? And you answer up front. B, I'll better understand if you're in an industry that fits my offerings well. And C, it helps me attend to your needs more quickly. I am clear on what you're there for. We don't need to waste breath talking about services you don't need or don't apply to you. Now, I hear you when you say you don't want to make it complicated for people to reach out. There's nothing wrong with a general contact form on your website for inquiries that don't match up with a particular service or offering. But where you can, be specific and direct about the details you need so you can make better business decisions and serve your audience more efficiently. I have two other standout screening tools as well. I have a process. I'm not a vending machine that you just put money in, punch A54, and get what you came for. My process is part of why people want to work with me. This includes a project calendar. If the sequence of work and time frame of execution doesn't work for you, I understand. But it's there for a reason, and it won't be changing on my end. My payment process is also a screening tool. This is the biggest sale you'll see from me for the rest of the year. In fact, I don't really offer sales. I customize at times, but I definitely don't negotiate. My prices are my prices and are set based on my process, hours, and level of service to you and your business. If someone starts to haggle, I politely let them know it probably isn't a good fit. I also define when payment needs to be complete. I want to work with people who are ready to invest in their brand and won't waste my time either. So you've screened and they are a good fit. You get right to work, right? Wrong. You need some type of contract or agreement first. I'm not a lawyer, so I can't tell you exactly what needs to be there for your business or if it needs to be as simple as checking a box, agreeing to something at checkout versus a five-page document. Consult legal on that one. But both parties need to be clear on what is being delivered, how it will be delivered, within what time frame, and how any issues will be resolved. You should be covering your ass in this manner when it comes to clients. The next part of my client work includes welcoming them and onboarding them. Having an onboarding process for your clients sets the tone and creates an experience. They are not just there for the product, service, or offering. They are there for the way you deliver that product, service, or offering. Chances are you're not the only one that does what you do. They could have picked someone else. They picked you. Play it up. Your onboarding strategy should showcase your brand, answer frequently asked questions up front, anticipate their needs and anxieties, and define boundaries. It should be welcoming, reassuring, and professional. You may be thinking this is more for people who work with a client for weeks or months, some extended period of time. Well, not exactly. Think of a product like an immersion blender. And I bring this up as an example because I recently got one and it's fucking amazing for making blended soups. The shit I get my rocks off on in my 30s, really. I'll link the immersion blender in the show notes for you now that I brought it up in case you'd like to geek out also. But 
Think of that. That onboarding process looks a little different. It's made up of the brand packaging I experience when I receive it, the instructional pamphlet that sets me up for using it properly, and the pathway to additional resources or their social media that's provided. So when I say to welcome your client and onboard them, it can be in whatever way works for your brand or offering. Just make sure you do something in this area. Additional support for this episode is brought to you by Haven's Kitchen. It's time to tantalize your taste buds and mix it up in the kitchen with Haven's Kitchen's six delicious sauces. Choose from red pepper romesco, golden turmeric tahini, tangy barbecue sauce, herby chimichurri, zippy chili harissa, and their gingery miso sauce. And each of their convenient packets can not only be used as a sauce, but also as a marinade or dressing, opening up even more tasty and creative possibilities for your meals. Want to give them a try? You can pick out your favorite flavors using my exclusive link in the show notes for this episode. Be sure to follow them on Instagram at Haven's Kitchen and show off your recipes and dishes in your stories and posts. Something else key that you should be doing with your clients is uh, communicating with them. Seems obvious, right? Well, one big problem we all encounter in business is assuming things. Assuming our client knows what happens next, when we'll get back to them, when they'll enjoy whatever it is they signed on for. If your onboarding process is set up correctly, they should know overall what to expect. But that doesn't qualify complete silence on your end after that. Send them updates before they have to check in. Let them know when a product is on its way. Communicate. If not active communication, passive. An easy way to have passive communication during your time with a client is to make sure they are added to your general email list. Even if you don't have something specific to say to them, at least they are hearing from you via general updates to your audience base. The next thing I highly recommend is feeding them literally and figuratively, perhaps. Your product, service, or offering, once delivered, is the cupcake. But give them some frosting, too. What can you do that is slightly above and beyond and tips the scales a bit in their experience with you? If you're a client of mine, you might have gotten a little something-something by way of a Starbucks gift card at some point. Why? Because we all typically need a little caffeine as business owners, and I want you to feel treated to something throughout the process. Once your work is complete and you've delivered the cupcake with frosting, ask them for a positive review or referral if they felt they've had a great experience. You may not get it, but just ask. It's an easy ask and an easy no for them if they don't feel like it. Easy all around. But as Wayne Gretzky said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And really, reviews and referrals are a simple fucking way to grow your business. You should also be offboarding them. Just as you have a stylized onboarding process, so should you have a stylized offboarding process. A clear line when the experience is over. And something for them to leave with in hand. A packet, a guide, a product, a takeaway. What does that look like for your business? Figure it out and work it in. And here's another thing to do before you go any further. Stop and evaluate if you want to work with them again. If so, give them a way to return to you. Maybe this is a check-in. 
saying something like, hey, I'd like for us to reconnect in three months to see if you need any additional support, or just giving them a coupon code for returning within a certain time frame, enrolling them into your referral program, giving them a heads up on your next program or offer, and letting them know you think they'd be a good fit. We want to show them the route back to us. Lastly, I encourage you to keep records for every client. Hopefully, the screening process in your contract or agreement weeds out a lot of problems, but inevitably, you'll be pressed on something. Keep emails, keep texts, but really try to do email as much as possible because texts and DMs are harder to reference and store. Digitize documents for easy cloud storage, etc. You don't want someone coming back and claiming X, Y, and Z happened when it didn't. Have the receipts to back up your position. It's just responsible. This is not an all-inclusive list, of course. I work a few other things in when working with clients that are unique to my brand and what I do. You do or will include something I don't have, perhaps. But I wanted to lay out what I feel, again, in my experience, are crucial, crucial steps to working with your clients. So to recap, we discussed these nine things. Screening. Make sure you're screening your clients, whatever that means for you. Contracts and or agreements. Again, not a lawyer, but figure out what legal steps you need to take to protect yourself when working with clients. Onboarding. Welcome your client. Showcase your brand's style and process and prepare them for what lies ahead. Communication. Talk to your fucking client. They'll appreciate it. Feed them some frosting. What extra touch or little thing can you add to stand out? Ask for the review or referral. Build it into your process and make it easy for them to reply. Offboarding. Don't be a dick and just push them off the boat. Take them to the dock and hold their hand as they step off. Plan their return if you want them back. Give them a clear way to reconnect with your brand and offerings. And lastly, Records. Keep records for an appropriate amount of time in case anything comes up. Think I missed something? Well, maybe I have. Tell me. Reply to my weekly podcast email, shoot me a DM, or comment on my post for the episode on Instagram at Rogue Reason Podcast. We learn from each other in all areas of life business and badassery. I love chatting with you on these episodes and sharing my viewpoints and expertise where I can, but I also love the chats that happen after the episode. I love to learn also. And again, if you do want to connect about your business during my small business sale, running only through May 7th, 2022, head over to www.loraswansiekman.com slash sale or look for the link in the show notes. Do it right meow so we can get you all set before the sale ends. All right, friends, take these client tips and fly. We'll circle back here together soon on a new episode or in our chat about your business this week. Until then, stay badass. To learn more about me, your host, and the Rogan Reason podcast, visit www.loraswanseekman.com slash podcast and follow along on Instagram at Rogue Reason Podcast.